We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the upcoming Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast, Fred Zinke will talk about his veteran cuts and why he cut them. We also have big news among NL East pitchers and some who we picked up and the recent Fabapalooza. All next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. And uh, notice there is no doorknob anymore. He's remo- Fred Zinke has removed all doorknobs in his house. No, that's <laughs> not true. Uh, he has a new locale, and uh, this is where we'll see Fred for the next few years. That's right. So, yeah, there are doorknobs in this house. Uh, I just don't have a really comfortable spot to sit in front of any of them. So I'm going to try this radical theory of sitting in front of a desk. We'll, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. So yeah. uh, anyhow, very busy week. Uh, let's yeah. start off in the NL East. Uh, we had big news today coming out of Atlanta. Max Freed is going on the IL with a forearm inflammation. Uh, they said it. there's, you know, an often forearm inflammation, inflammation is a precursor to Tommy John surgery. The Braves have said that is not the case with Freed right now. But they also, at least according to David O'Brien's article in The Athletic, they anticipate this being longer than your basic 15 minute uh, or 15 day stretch on the IL 15 minute would be very short, but 15 days yeah. uh, still is not going to be enough. Uh, he's going to be shut down completely from throwing for a little bit. Yeah. So huge impact on uh, Freed's fantasy teams. I was trying to decide when I saw this news, I have zero Freed shares, but are there circumstances where it would make sense now to cut Freed? I, I thought about that and brought it up on the show. I, I, I want to see a little bit more first. Yeah, I think well, that's we'll a little hasty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no more by Sunday. Like, yeah, his ERA is close to two this year. Last year, like 248 ERA, 1.01 whip. Uh, I, I think, yeah. How long would, how about let's, we'll play this game then. How long would Freed have to be out for you to cut him? in a 15 to 12 it's almost like the, it's almost like the same decision two to three months i, I put it this way i've held on to brandon woodruff all this yep. time who's supposed to be back around the beginning of july right Maybe. if i'm holding on to woodruff i'm gonna hold on to freed i think they're in the same bracket yeah um, yeah so I, i'd say the same thing i'd say if he's back if he's expected back to say in two months so that's like mid-july I'll hold on to them because okay. because they also often don't meet their timetable, especially pitchers. That's so true. if if they're saying early to mid July, then that means 
I can maybe count on them by the end of July, then I'll hold on to them. If they're talking August, I think I let them go. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that's probably the fair construction. And I, I think a lot of it also depends. Do I have three other injuries? Do I have yeah. no other injuries? If, can I afford, if I can afford one stash, if he's like my only stash or sure. like I have maybe yeah. uh, two stashes tops, then it then it makes sense. If it's like the third log on the fire, I got to make a decision. It's either him or what the other stash injured stash or or like say if I've got Taj Bradley and I'm just let's say theoretically like not like my AL Tout War team where I'm definitely stashing Taj Bradley, um, I it's going to be a harder decision. Uh, then then I'm going to really kind of be pushing it a little bit there. Uh, the Braves, they have five games this week. They were off yesterday. They're off Thursday. This kind of bides them some time. That buys them some time anyhow. Jared Schuster is the likely candidate to get called up and start on Wednesday. Now, keep in mind, they're also down Kyle Wright, uh, which hurts them okay. a little bit. Dylan Dodd and, and Schuster have both been hit around a little bit whenever they've pitched. Uh, they've got Morton. They've got Strider. They've got Elder. they got Elder, Morton, Strider, and then, like, Magic 8-Ball after that. Um, and uh, you know, we're looking at Dodd, maybe and Schuster, uh, Soroka. When he's ready, he'll slot into one of those spots, obviously. But I think there's some still con- some concern about whether Soroka is going to be ready. Yeah, I think counting on Soroka at this point is tough to do. He is a 5.23 ERA so far this year in AAA. I know ERA doesn't mean everything, and it's just five starts. But I don't know, maybe a sign that that he, he's not, you know, fully ready to go, or at least fully not not fully ready to help the Braves. Yeah, we've hit a point where already where the Braves rotation, which seem really deep. Now you could argue that Bryce Elder is their number two starter right now. Charlie Morton's been just okay this year, a little lucky whips high. Like, yeah, you could argue right now that Bryce Elder who didn't really have a rotation spot when spring training started is now their number two starter for the first and not for like a week, but for their foreseeable future. Yeah. He's at worst a solid three and he's been very good so far. Yeah. Uh, And that's one of those fab bits. We, all these, you know what? We've talked about a lot of pitchers, young pitchers in fab. And, you know, whether it's been worth it, the price of these guys, uh, more of them came through this week. We didn't really talk a ton about Bryce Elder. We talked about him because he was going to get a two-step that week when he when he first came up. We were excited about him. But it wasn't like we were like, oh, you know, Bryce Elder, he's, he's definitely a top 50 prospect or anything like that. No, for sure. He, he's someone who, yeah, it was uneven performances in the minors. Uh, I was kind of in on him last year when he got called up, but strikeout to walk rate last year wasn't good. The strikeout to walk rate this year is better, uh, but he's not a huge bat misser. No, uh, he's not. Tons of ground balls though. So I think that's going to be his calling card right now. It's just a lot of ground balls. Uh, he's not the one seven, not even close to the 174 ERA that he has right now, but he could be a mid threes. I think he could be one of those pitchers with a respectable, but not great strikeout rate. And then uh, like something around eight K per nine. And then an ERA in the mid threes. Yeah. He's a, for fantasy, he's a solid, whatever you want to call him. Number three, number four, probably once his luck evens out. Yeah, I'm trying to look to see if there's anybody else still. They've kind of raided their farm system. Yeah, you know, a lot of t- a lot of their guy- top guys have been pushed up, right? Um, or, or they've been traded. They they don't have a whole lot of depth in this farm system. I'm I'm looking at the Braves' top uh, depth chart, and like you go compare the Braves versus say like the Dodgers, who have like 20 guys in James Anderson's top 300. The Braves only have seven, or in the top 400, excuse me. Uh, Schuster's the tops of that, and he's only at 116. So. Yeah, it's it's graded all this, you know, homegrown talent and it's already up there at the major league level. So yeah. I mean, let let let's not get 
too critical of them. And keep in mind, too, they lost a slew of guys when they had the GM that got caught cheating, and they had to let guys go. They lost draft picks, too, as a part of that. Um, so they don't have the depth in the farm system that other teams do. No, they don't. Uh, looking at the Braves so far, though, they are they're twenty four and eleven, which is pretty awesome. They already yeah. have a seven game lead over the Mets, uh, seven and a half over the Marlins. But their division is clustered after that. But that's because every other team has a losing record. Um, I thought you were going to say the division is a cluster, but um, yeah, that, that's also true. That. But, it shouldn't uh, be like it shouldn't yeah. be. The Mets and the Phillies were both supposed to be quite good this year, uh, and they still might be. We'll see. Yeah. Like the Phillies have had injuries. Uh, yeah, the Mets have had pitching injuries. I think with the Braves, their hitting is so good and their bullpen is good that they can kind of work around not great starting pitching until the deadline, at which point they probably add, who knows, maybe someone really good or maybe a couple arms, uh, rotation arms who aren't very good but can eat innings. I, I can see the a path for a Bra- the Braves still to run away with the division. So they may be willing to kind of just mess around with Dodd and Schuster and see how they do so far. That doesn't mean fantasy managers have to do the same thing. I'm not interested in picking either one of them up in a mixed league right now. I, I would watch Schuster start today, but um, at the same time, if he makes the next start, guess what? It's at Texas on Monday. We don't like yeah. Texas. We don't want our, our, our mama. Don't let no. your babies grow up to pitch against Texas, uh, at yeah. least, especially at Texas right now. At least it would be a night game. It's Monday, so it can't be a day game, obviously. Day games in Texas. I feel like that's like a big runaway. Yeah, I think so right now. And and Schuster so far, he has one of those strikeout to walk rates where if I wrote it out for you, you'd think I put the numbers backwards. Yeah, yeah. He has more walks than strikeouts. So you'd be like, oh, Fred, you messed you that one up. It's supposed yeah. to be nine to five. No, it's not. It is five to nine. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, if, if someone wanted to pick up Schuster and put them on their bench, sure. Uh, yeah. I In a mixed league, if, if we ran fab tonight, no, if I knew Schuster was going to be in the rotation, I still wouldn't. I wouldn't put in. He wouldn't even be in my waterfall. But but one good start, and then maybe I'll I'll take a, another look at him. He would uh, he would be in my waterfall in leagues where I don't have to start him right away. Okay, like in the yep. FBC, I would he would definitely be in there because mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't want any part of Boston or Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like home start against Seattle, eh, maybe mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean that, that seems like part of the vast middle for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not and not like at the high end, so I, I could be wrong about that, but we'll yeah. see. Uh, Max Scherzer got scratched from today's start with neck stiffness. Comparing it to the neck stiffness that he had back when he was with Washington, where he, you know, remember he missed a World Series start because of this, where he just couldn't function. Uh, they hope that he can start this weekend against the Nats. Uh, but that hope's a good thing, but it's not a plan. Yeah, I think. The Max Scherzer experience has been pretty uneven for fantasy managers so far. I think when you drafted Max Scherzer at his age, right? Like you just, you knew he's going to turn 39, you know, around the midpoint of the season. Like, I think you knew that this is what you were signing up for. Like, as long as there's not a major injury, but if, but I think you knew you were signing up for some, some things, neck, back, yeah. something, as long as there's not like an arm shoulder and he, and he makes 12 starts this year. Like, but I think you knew last year he made 23 starts. I, I feel like you knew you were signing up for 25 starts, something like that. And, you know, and this, so this is just part of it. We'll see where the neck injury goes from here. Um, but it's been a really uneven experience with him so far, right? Like with the suspension and then coming off the suspension and having a really dismal start after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically with Scherzer, you got one okay start, one bad start, one pretty good start. 
one three inning start where he got ejected and then a terrible start. And now he's, who knows if you'll get a zero, you might get a zero from him this week. So this was the risk of, this was the risk of drafting. There was a risk with drafting Scherzer and Verlander. And I was in for drafting them. I actually have no shares of either, but that was more draft position than, yeah. uh, than that I was like necessarily avoiding them. But this was the risk of both of them was that, you know, it, anything more than, like I said, 25 starts was probably a bonus. If you got 25 at their age, you're probably doing well. I kind of blew past the Verlander injury concerns and I'll be fine. And labor, yeah. at least they did. And he's made one start so far. So it was a good, it was a decent start. Um, we'll see him in a tougher venue here in Cincinnati this week. So we'll see what happens. The Mets are really reeling right now. Um, they got to have callback David Peterson, who was a big flop, by the way. And we, a lot of people wanted to use him and Tyler McGill. McGill's been better, although his whip's pretty high. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's been tough. I mean, the Mets are playing sub 500 ball right now. Yeah. And this is similar to the Braves, where the rotation, which was supposed to be good, has really kind of gone up in smoke, right? Like McGill, McGill was a really cool fantasy prospect, someone people were really interested in a year ago. His skills don't look good at all so far uh yeah like you said peterson is someone people were intrigued with he hasn't been good at all um and jumping back to those older pitchers it's interesting how scherzer had the concerns with age verlander had the concerns with age jacob de grom who just the timing of his injury we never talked about had the concerns with de grom's on my no list spring, by the way yeah he's no spring chicken either but he's not as as old as these guys but he, he has the concerns and now they've all were just in early may they'll they will all have missed starts already exactly right, let's talk jacob de grom uh you got him at a windfall price at pick 60 in labor you've actually won the benefit of that bargain even with him currently on the il so yep. um the question is how many innings does he need to throw for you? Because there's no timetable for his return right now. He's still doing light throwing. He is not throwing from a mound yet. Yeah. Let's say he can be DeGrom like, so he was DeGrom like up till he was gone. 267 ERA 0.76 whip. His ability to have a whip under 1.0 is just unbelievable. Like the last time he yeah. had a whip over 1.0 was 2017. Um, I know he said some injuries, but still, even th- those are short time frames. You'd think, one of those time frames, he would have been really unlucky and had a whip over one. But anyways, um, I think I took him at pick 60, 120 innings would justify that pick at how well he pitches. Yeah. Do you think, do you think he even needs that many? Like 120 innings for DeGrom would be at the way he's pitching right now would be like 180 strikeouts. Yeah. And super and low ratios. So, and wins are a category that we play in though. So yeah. two yeah. wins so far. Yeah. You're a quarter of the way to that 120 goal. Yeah. Um, you end up with eight wins and 180 strikeouts. Yeah, and, and, and those ratios. Ratio. Yeah, yeah I, I, it would be worth it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's better Probably than you're getting from any closer, for instance. It, it would be. It would be like at that point. I think it would be like not a bad pick. No, yeah. it wouldn't be a great pick at that point, but it'd be not a bad pick. Yeah. All this talk, though, it, it just it reinforces that you think you have enough depth. You don't. Um, yep. Big leagues and fantasy. I had a, uh, so I have a score sheet team that in a only score sheet team that won it last year. I had, I have like, I had like seven or eight starters. I wanted to get more balance because my, my rotation was so good. Um, and, and just try to like, maybe go ahead and, uh, you know, get more, more offense on the team and it's okay. It's the team's fine. It's like a five games over 500, but like 
you know, you know, injuries happen. And I feel like um, I, I probably was a little too hasty in trading away some of my depth and starting pitching. I did pick up a number of guys, but I have like Burns, Strider, Wheeler, Darvish. That's a good start, right? Uh, but like Peterson is getting starts for me. Ashcraft was getting starts for me. Manaya is just eh. so much for that. Talk about the increased velocity, by the way, Fred. Um, and and Aaron Ashby isn't going to pitch at all this year. So that was a mistake uh, to, to take a chance on him. Like, oh, I'll get him in uh, May. I'm not. Uh, so right now I have four starters. I don't have that fifth. Ashcraft was my fifth and he was good for a while. Just got crushed in his last start, though. And, you know, slightly injured on the comeback or at the end of that one. Yeah, I think so. This is something I've been writing about, well, for years, but especially this time of year in trade articles is that like trying to make trades based on balancing your roster during the first third of the season, I think is, is a bad plan unless like if you're giving up overall player value to balance your roster, like trading for need, I think is a bad plan unless you feel like you're also trading for value. If you can find a deal where you're like, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I like this guy better than the other guy. And and I'm feeling a need perfect. But I think a bad plan from fantasy managers is, making trades in the first third of the season where they're like, Oh, I've got lots of pitching. I'm going to trade away one of these really good pitchers for a hitter. And the value on the deal is not great. Not very good at all, actually, but it fills a need for me. I need a first baseman or something. I I usually think that's a bad idea because it's perceived depth at this point in the season. And I've had lots of fantasy teams over the years where, you know, you get off to a start and you're like, Oh, I got tons of steals. And all of a sudden you're, big base dealer, whether it's an Estuary Ruiz type or something, all of a sudden pulls a hamstring and you're like, Oh, I wish I hadn't made that trade when I got rid of a bunch of steals because now I don't have any steals. And I I think in the first third of the season, you trade for value, even if your roster is unbalanced. Mm -hmm. And then in the summer, you can try to balance your roster again, if it hasn't happened, because a lot of it is perceived balance or temporary balance where someone you think you've got a lot of pitching or you think you've got a lot of power you think you got a lot of speed and then injuries happen and you don't so right and this was in the off season it was before our keeper deadline actually and that that was part of it but yeah i i'm i'm i was look i'm overlooking i was looking over that roster and yeah i got some work left to do uh i'm gonna have to go add some pitching never have enough never 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 um and everybody else is grabbing his first come first serve in this league too so it's been pretty picked over and it's keeping minor leaguers and all that. So all, all the top prospects are gone. There's no one that sneaks through like Brandon Fott's not walking through that door. in my that Right. League. Right. Um, he's not walking through that door period right now, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I, you know, Fott fell flat, but we'll see what he does tonight against the uh, Marlins. A little bit of a better start, better opponent, better venue too. Yeah. I'm not definitely not giving up yet. I, I had an article out yesterday of streamers from Monday to Thursday, and I didn't put fought at the top of the list by any stretch, but I put him decently high to the point mm-hmm. where in some leagues, you know, he would make the best sense to, to stream, uh, you know, depending on your league size. So yeah, sure. I, I, I definitely haven't given up yet. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, we kind of highlighted this podcast about cutting veterans. So we're going to talk about that, but first you know, a quick note from our sponsor at rival fantasy, A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. And they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, 
Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you obviously get to keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up and de- deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival, protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Also, our podcasts are on the Blue Wire Network. As a consequence, we play their ads real quick here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Thank you very much for your indulgence on that. Uh, and thank you for our sponsors for helping and keeping us in business here. So, uh we tease this as you cut two veterans, boring veterans, uh, that uh, to create space for, you know, Favopalooza this past weekend. You cut bait in 15 team leagues, mind you. This isn't like a 10 team league. Um, it's 15 team leagues, so it's deeper. You said goodbye to both Charlie Blackman and Mark Canna uh, in respective leagues. 
Talk to me about this. Yeah, it's just something that I really wrestled with where I, th- I think that if, if we just said in a vacuum, like does Mark Canna, do Mark Canna and Charlie Blackman belong on a roster in a, in a, in a 15 team league? I think the answer is yes. But at the same time, is there any real upside with Mark Canna and Charlie Blackman? Right. I think the, I think the answer is no. You know, like Charlie Blackman hasn't hit for a high average in a few years. The last couple of years, he's basically like a like a 15 homer, basically no steals kind of guy. Mark Canna, same thing. Actually, they're pretty pretty similar mm-hmm. um, as far as they just seem to be on the slow path towards four four steals, right? You know, 15 homers. So having them on my team, I really wrestled with this. Like, I think they belong on some roster, but on a healthy roster where you're trying to move up in the standings, like, like, like if you needed them as an injury replacement, sure. But should they be like roster fixtures or should they be the kind of guys that you drop and churn while yes. you try to look at Emmanuel Valdez, Michael Garcia? I'm not saying like, obviously you drop them for Matt Mervis. But I'm even just talking about the general concept of like, did they belong on your roster full time or do you turn them? Like, for example, would you drop them for Tyrone Taylor this weekend? Oh, I'm not big on Tyrone Taylor because okay. I had him last year. But yeah. yeah, me too. But then again, as I tweeted out about Josh JJ Lowe Bledet, yesterday, about I, the concept of post hype sleeper is one that I know and embrace and yet yeah. didn't act upon enough this year. So maybe Blade, maybe Taylor, Lowe definitely. Uh, Kelnick was a different level, but he, he's in that conversation too. You know, yes, you should be thinking about that. Uh, you should absolutely be cycling these guys. As Joel Hennard said, he tried to cut them uh, both because he needed pitching. Uh, you know, these are guys, and you're right. You can recycle them back in when they have a good week, when they have a good schedule, uh, when they have seven games, uh, or if, you know, maybe, maybe there's something there, but you know, Charlie Blackman on the road, and if you're not going to use him, I mean, he's kind of taken up a spot and it prevents you from taking a chance. What if Emmanuel Valdez steals 25 bases this year and you didn't cut Charlie Blackman because reasons? Yeah, I, I honestly think that's fundamental point about fantasy baseball is, you know, tr- always trying to improve your roster, even if it's not necessarily for need. You're talking about this with trades and keeper decisions, but the thing, it also applies to just managing your roster. Yeah, I think when when I cut them, I did it on the assumption that I probably won't get them back. That someone else sure. will probably see the name. Oh, Charlie Blackman's on waivers. Like, I'll ta- I'll take him and bid a decent amount of money on him. Whatever, sixty bucks, seventy bucks, something like that, and then keep him. And that's yeah. okay. So I, I had to be okay with that. I feel like with the NLDH, which I know is this is in the first year for the NLDH, but now that we have the NLDH established, there are more options each week to stream among players that you think are going to get full. So there's guys like Blade who are intriguing or Emmanuel Valdez who are intriguing. There's also just players like, like Jeff Zimmerman pointed out this on Monday that Gavin Sheets is a really good streamer this week. They just have a really good schedule of righties. He's got a, a good spot in the lineup right now with mm-hmm. Eloy Jimenez out. So he's a streamer. There were other pitchers. That That's are the guy other I picked regulars. up this week, by the way, is Gavin Sheets. There you go. Went so three sheets th- to the wind. Right. So, so there you go. So th- there, there's players like that. There's Rayleigh on the Rays. They had a lot of righties on the docket this week. Uh, he could have been streamed in a lot. He was available in a lot of my leagues. There's just, there's going to be pitchers. I think, I think Texas plays Oakland later this week. Why not stream guys who are playing against Oakland? I think Robbie Grossman is available in a lot of my leagues. Robbie Grossman's not awesome, but in a series against Oakland, I'd be happy to have him in my lineup. Yeah. So 
the decision was, you know, am I hurting my team by holding on to these players? Because I know it, well, I don't know, but I think at the end of the year, Mark Canna and Charlie Blackmore have better stats than Robbie Grossman. But is that the wrong play? Should I be streaming the spot until I find someone who's really good? And in the meantime, you know, if I need to pick up some one-week rentals, um, you know, at, at decent fab prices. So I cut them. It's not the move I usually make, but I think it's a move that I need to make more often. I, I agree. And, you know, what if Emmanuel Valdez tur- or, or Michael Garcia turns out to be a guy that you keep all year? Right. Um, and I, I, that's what we're going for. You know, either a guy that helps us now for one week mm-hmm. or two, you know, is, is someone that uh, we can keep all year. And, you know, both of those guys have 25 stolen base potential. You know, that that's pretty massive if it, if it, you know, they also have potential to hit 210 and get sent back down, which is probably even the more likely path. But you got to take these chances. You got to break some eggs. I, I can't be afraid of messing up. Uh, I, I think that's something that I it's a blind spot for me, for mo- most people. And I think I, I think it's for the fantasy community. I think it's a blind spot where, like, yeah, there, there's that, uh, you know, what's the uh, uh, there's a paradox. Uh, it's uh it applies to life where you hold it. It's something that you have to begin with there. You yeah. value more. Um, yeah. and the, the concept is escaping me right now. And it's, you're, it's, yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. I, I agree. Yeah. I think, I think that that's what it is. Once you have something, it's of more value to you. Yes. To keep, to keep it. Um, I've always said that I think the top two thirds of your roster that you keep through easy schedules, bad schedules, you know, whatever mm-hmm. we got to put, sure, on sure. The but the bottom third, at least the bottom quarter is rotational in most and outside of the AL and L only like the bottom quarter, the bottom third is rotational. I don't think I always live by it as much as I practice as much as I preach it. So I'm trying to correct that. And I just think with guys like Canna and Blackman, like they're so far past the point of post, they're not post night sleepers anymore. They're just old. They're just guys in their mid thirties who just they're just sleepy yeah they just don't have it anymore (laughs) and and again like if blackman's on waivers a week that that the rockies are home all week i'm in i'm happy to try to pick him up i mean so is everyone gonna everyone else gonna try to pick him up um you know canna same thing like like they they were going to cincinnati this week so i thought about keeping them but there were some exciting players on waivers uh Mm -hmm. canna's not gonna his one season with 20 homers he's never had more than 70 rbis like he's not going to he's got one season with more with more than seven steals like he's not going to have a big year it's just so incredibly unlikely and i felt like i felt like holding these players especially having more more than one of them on a few of them on teams we talked about in march about drafting boring rosters but i think that should only be the first 20 rounds or so the first 18 rounds maybe not even the first 15 rounds like then i think it's time to get maybe up like a little aggressive with upside. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I can do a better job with that. I can do a better job with that in drafts, but I think I can also do a much better job with it on waivers. If Michael Garcia is no good, I guess I just drop him in a couple of weeks. And yeah. Now they come, the, the, the only cost is it's he's compiling his stats on your active line. Yeah. But um, sure. so be it. Yeah, yeah. Again, you're trying to improve and you're going to, you're going to break some eggs uh, as it goes. Yeah. Mr. It's not Gra- like these other two guys were lighting it up for me anyways. Exactly. Yeah. Mr. Grouch chimes in. He cut Brian Anderson, uh, the uh, not the announcer, yeah. but the player for the Brewers uh, and took a chance on Christopher Morrell. Perfect example of what Absolutely. we're talking about here. Yeah, I would. Uh, now Anderson's been, Oh uh, yeah. He's been okay. It depends on league. He's side. had his stretches. You know, in, that one series 12, against the Mets was really nice. 
in a 12, I think that's totally in a 12. I think that's a great move in a 15. I can, I, in a 15, if Brian Anderson's my worst player, then I'm doing really well. So sure. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's exactly the type of move. I don't know. There's a segue. Uh, I don't know how Chris Morrell is going to do as far as playing time goes, but he's exactly the type of player where if the Cubs are going to play him regularly, like he can bring up, he can bring up post, sorry, post fantasy stats in bunches last year, homers plus steals 26 of them in 113 games. And he's been playing well in AAA to start the year. Yeah. I think he, he's exactly the type of player that you chase lots of strikeouts could yep. be a low batting average could be a real difference maker. He's someone who I'll be in on next weekend. So except for in labor where I held on to Morel the whole time, oh. uh, but hello, unlimited IL. <laughs> that yeah, you to exactly. Do things, exactly. So. As I, and on unlimited players getting hurt. However, yeah. I found out about the move until after game, the game started. So I didn't get him active this week, unfortunately, okay. but eh, it's all right. I'll, at least I have him, and I get to see how he does now. Hopefully it's not his best week and then I'm screwed, but uh, you know, that happens too. on a related note. Nico Horner did leave with an injury. It doesn't yeah. look to be too serious is what we're reading. Um, Imgo King said, or Mag- Maga King says, uh, do I have to make room for judge? Who's coming off the lineup uh, is in the lineup today, coming off the aisle today. Do, yes. do I drop Horner or Chapman? I'm assuming that's a role and not Matt. Cause you're never dropping Matt Chapman. Um, are you dropping a role? I drop a role Chapman in, in a format that thin. If those are your two options to drop, I'm dropping Chapman who hasn't pitched well in the last couple of times. Yeah, I, I yeah for sure that would be the the drop if it's Matt Chapman you definitely it's interesting because he mentions Horner or Chapman like uh, Nico Horner's really like been really good so far this year yeah which makes so you wonder if it is Nico him. Horner or Matt Chapman like is it a really small league mm-hmm. uh, if it was that small of a league I guess you'd have to drop Horner although I I love Horner I wouldn't want to drop him but you can't drop Matt Chapman right 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 yeah so I'm assuming it's a Roldis I um, hope so. Yeah, so all of that. Uh, Morgan asked a couple twin questions. I'm going to put them all together as one here. Alex Kirilov, does he belong in that post-hype sleeper convo? Just got the call back up. They sent down uh, Trevor Larnick, who was in the post-hype sleeper convo earlier when he was batting fourth for the Twins. Now he's batting in Rochester. Or, no, St. Paul. He's no longer. They don't. They're not in Rochester. They're in St. Paul now. But regardless, he's down there. Uh, he does belong in the post-hype sleeper uh, combo. I'm not that confident in him. Just a lot of wrist injuries, and I'm just not sure what kind of hitter he's going to be now. But absolutely, he belongs in the post-hype sleeper conversation. I was trying to think of players. So, okay, so I would much rather have Chris Morrell, but I think everybody would. Mm-hmm. That's why he's a, that's why, that's yeah, why he was Kirilov, banging down the door. Let, yeah, that's know. why Kira loves a post-hype sleeper because there's no hype. Yeah. Would you just drop the Mark Canna types to try yes. Kirilov? Yes, I would. Right. I would. Um, yeah, especially, in, you know, if he gets a chance to bat in the middle of that twins lineup, I'm trying to look to see if the twins have posted today already or not, um, just to see where he's hitting. They have posted and he's batting cleanup. So yes, <laughs> against Michael Walker, no less. I might go to Yahoo friends and family and pick him up right now, unless you have already, or unless he's already rostered, but, uh, um, there'll be a race to see who gets there first, but I think you'll win that race, Fred. Um, do you have, I mean, are you, how are you, you know, my, my team's pretty bad in that league so um, same here my team yeah. do you remember we did the yahoo friends and family draft and at the end we talked about how my team in those projected standings had run away with it yeah. that was that was the kiss of death good times good <laughs> i times. have all these pitchers in that league that just 
have just been like awful. Like I've just, if you, I, I'll be interested to do a, it's too early to do, but just a, an analysis on the return on early round starting pitchers this year. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the misses are on my Yahoo. The, especially even the non-injury related misses are on my Yahoo friends and family team. So I just picked up Kirilov in that league, by the way. Um, well, I was giving that detailed explanation to my team. You snuck over. Yes, I did. Um, now I'm going to check on Christopher Morell while we're talking, too, because why not? Oh, Mobach has already got him. So, oh, all right, one for go. two as far as in in podcast pickups go. Uh, but, you know, I that that league for me was the FOMO draft. That was, yep. oh, I, ha- I don't have any Jordan Walker. Uh, oh, okay. I don't have any, uh, you know, Anthony Volpe yet. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least he's running, I guess, but yeah, it hasn't really worked out too well. No, I wondered. Yeah. I put him in our notes for today. Like, do you think there's a chance that Anthony Volpe goes back to the minors at some point? Yeah, there's a chance. Like his, his OPS is 627. I, it's probably got to go lower than that before he like 627 is bad, but not humiliating. Like, mm-hmm. but when you're 627 right now, a bad week, it could be 550. Could. And all of a sudden, right? All of a sudden, maybe you're a candidate to go to the minors for a while. Yeah, I, I just the Yankees yeah. just, but no, but it's not because Peraza just went on the IL for the Yankees. So yeah. unless they're really confident in Isaiah Kiner Falefa, they're they're gonna just roll with uh, Volpe. I think. I, I think the decision wouldn't be about Kiner. Well, Kiner Falefa is four thirty one OPS so far this year. Right, I that's mean, incredibly bad. First, he I mean, now he hasn't played much, but um, he's playing outfield. At least he has yeah. been, which is just sad and embarrassing. The Yankees are, you're right. The Yankees are probably banged up enough that Volpe gets a longer, you know, offer opportunity, but there could be a point in time where the decision isn't about what's best for the Yankees. It's about what's best for Volpe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if they felt like he, if he had an, a really bad stretch of say a couple more weeks, the OPS started to dip down to towards 500 and they said, you know, this just isn't good for him. You know, maybe he, maybe yeah. at that point he's, he's had, for example, in his last three games, he's had eight strikeouts um yeah like if 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 they if that trend continued maybe they look at just what's best for the player if he's getting out all the time it's it's probably not best for the team either you just use kiner fleffa because the you're thinking big picture volpe maybe goes down for three weeks gets his stroke back comes back up i don't know we'll see yeah but yeah hey the yankees are 10 games behind the rays already yeah which is just astounding because they're over 500 uh but you know at the same time i mean they're Really, uh, they're, they're, they're really in a tough spot right now. They're really trying to, uh, you know, and you look at that lineup. No, they got Judge back today, so that helps it a little bit. But no Stanton. Like, LeMahieu, uh, okay, fine. You know, you look, I, I, for the Tout Daily contest, I decided I'm going to stack Yankees against Drew Rusinski in the, in the A's bullpen, too, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling to find four or five hitters that I like, you know. And yep. Maybe that there's a point there. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Uh, but I, I plowed right through it anyhow and still found five of them. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's not an easy uh, decision to do. It's not an easy way to yeah. kind of go. But at uh, the same time, eh, it, it, it was an affordable stack, I guess, is the, the flip side. You don't get to get an affordable stack against the A's that often. Was Judge in the stack? Of course. Okay. So, yeah, uh, beyond him, I was going to say he might – hurt the affordability of it but yeah torres rizzo rizzo against a right-hander that's good mm-hmm. i don't know if you got harrison bader into the stack or volpe i did Jose, Jose i did Trevino i did get bader 
Bader, Trevino, Rizzo, Judge. I think I actually got one more guy too. It's it's a bold move, Cotton. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Glaber. It's Glaber. Yeah. yeah. Glaber's one of the few Yankees who's met or exceeded exceeded expectations so far this year. Yeah. But that almost all that was early, I think, too. Although he he did homer this weekend once, at least. Do Uh, the Yankees make the playoffs? Yeah. I think they find a way. Um, I don't know at whose expense, but I mean, it's, it's crazy. The, the entire, well, I mean, it's the, you know, the entire AL East is all in, you know, discussing this right now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I actually think the AL East is going to get all of the wild card spots this year. Yeah. I like I think that. Toronto, Baltimore, and another AL East team, whether it's so the Yankees Boston, Boston versus the Yankees, you're talking that. Yeah. Well, like, and I'm not ruling out obviously Seattle coming back. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a little too hasty. Like maybe Seattle comes back. Maybe Houston comes back. And won't Texas be the White Sox. Yeah. It won't be a two central teams. It's whether yeah. one of those, whether two West teams can, you know, can qualify for the postseason. Maybe I'm being a little too hasty. I don't, I don't think it's as much, maybe I'm being too hasty, but I don't think it's really a lock that the Yankees or even close to it. The Yankees make the playoffs. They're just, they're really banged up. Like the, ro- the rotation's banged up. The lineup's not scary. It's okay. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to turn out well for them this year. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the, your fascination with the other side of that Yankees A's game and Ryan Noda. (laughs) I don't know. Nobody's interested in Ryan Noda except for me. I feel like Uh, I keep getting him in leagues. I got outbid for him in labor because I bid $1 and because I got him everywhere else for basically nothing. And Mm -hmm. someone else bid a dollar and I lost on the time. Which, yeah. like, whatever, I if I really wanted him. But when I looked at Ryan Noda, um, uh, he, he was old for his levels. Like, he's 27 years old right now. So, But, like, last year in AAA, 25 homers, 20 steals, um, 869 OPS. The year before in AA, 29 homers, 904 OPS. Mm-hmm. He has a tremendous walk rate. Uh, throughout the minors and with the A's like this guy so far has been an on-base machine. He's got 21 walks in 109 plate appearances. Like his OBP is 404 and that's with a 244 batting average. I, I'm not in the Ryan Nota as like putting down big bids on him, but I seem to keep putting down 1% bids on him and getting them because no one else seems to want them. His BABIP's a little high right now at 383. Uh, anyways, I don't know. I just think he's kind of interesting. And there's obviously lots of playing time available on the A's for anyone who, you know, who can play well. And I got to feel like the A's have to look around at that four, 404 on base percentage for now and think we got to get this guy in the lineup. He, he's also a platoon guy, but I think he's an interesting streamer because the guy you can use against right-handers. Yeah. And I I think it's, it's, it's a good reminder to separate the cruel corrupt ownership of the A's versus the baseball people uh, who are still trying these notice sounds like you're, you're like 20 years ago, prototypical money ball player, you know, under undervalued Brent Rooker too. Who's leading baseball in OPS. I think still, which is, Hey, we're now like we're in week seven of the season now. I mean, it's a pretty late in the season late to be early. Uh, it's still, it is on the early part of the season. So, but I mean, it's, that's a pretty good extended run. 
Yeah, I mean, Noda is. he. That's what he, I thought of, is the old-fashioned money ball guy. His career on base percentage in the minors is 407. Like, you don't see a lot of guys, with a, even in the minors, with a career on base percentage over 400. Uh, his OPS in the minors is almost 900 in his career. Again, I'm not saying he's awesome, but same with Rooker. Like, there is fantasy value to be had on these weaker teams. Mm-hmm. There are yeah. players who, because... Ruiz, they, obviously, uh, right. you know. And the A's lineup so far this year, like it's not good, but it's it's not 30th, you know, in OPS or yeah. in WRC plus or however you want to evaluate them. Like like they're they're not a good lineup, but yeah, they're they're right now 24th in OPS, not mm-hmm. the worst. Like there's they put a hurting on the uh, Royals this? over the weekend. That's how about sure. this? They're ahead of Seattle and ahead of Houston. That the, the latter one is the one that I think are going to shake some people there a little bit. Yeah, because Houston has been that... really sneakily bad offensively. We've talked yeah. about it here. Yeah, I probably rambled on about it for a, a, a couple of times or there. I, I I forget where I've talked about. It. I know on XM probably I mentioned it too. But you know, obviously Jose Abreu has been a disaster. Um, you know, Alex Bregman has been a huge disappointment so far. They're still without the uh, you know with without uh, um, Altuve at second base. So that's. Yep. Brantley, uh, yep. Brantley, whatever. Not uh, Brantley, yeah, he doesn't make a big deal, but but it's but, but they can replacing him. They yep. have a cipher offensively at catcher. Um, yeah, I mean, it now we're talking five spots in the lineup, you know, go figure that yep. they're 24th, you know, you know, there's only so much that Jordan and Tucker can do. Yep, Chad's McCormick was like almost an afterthought for them at the start of the season. And then he was just on the IL and they actually missed him because he was mm-hmm. hitting leadoff before he went on the IL and doing okay. They actually kind of missed him while he was gone and they shouldn't be yeah. in a position where they miss him. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. So, I mean, you start to look at how teams are doing, actually doing versus how they were perceived to be doing. Uh, Oakland is not a team that's great, but they're also, like I say, like they're, their offense is good enough that you don't say, oh, I don't want any part of that lineup. I mean, if there's right. any lineup right now, you don't want any part of it. It's kind of in Cleveland. They're last in OPS by a mile so far. Which is amazing. That, right. Because this is, honestly, this is what we expected out of Cleveland last season. Right. And they kind of, and, and granted, we got it's been super cold in Cleveland a lot of the, for a lot of their games. Things can turn around, but they've been a disaster offensively so far this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I mean, I wouldn't say if a player was, if a prospect was called up to Cleveland or if a Cleveland player who I would normally like was dropped to waivers, I wouldn't say, oh, he's on Cleveland. That team is so pathetic. I'm not even going to, I don't want any part of that lineup. I'd take him on the assumption that that lineup will turn around. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there is a lineup right now that I'm, that I feel so negative about that I wouldn't consider an intriguing player on that team. Uh, if you take out Cleveland, there's a hundred, a hundred OPS points, which is a lot, but not like an, a crazy amount separating about 25 major league teams. So there's the hundred points of OPS. Like I said, it's significant, but there's not, there, there aren't really teams sitting around a 600 OPS, which sometimes we do see at this point this year, other than Cleveland, right. uh, you know, everybody else is 660, 678 or higher. So uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's just a good reminder that there is fantasy value to be had from the the, the Oaklands, the Washingtons, the Cincinnatis, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so and then again, Ryan Noda might not turn out to be much, but uh, I just think he's intriguing with his ability to get on base. He could score runs. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's funny how much tr- uh, Tampa still separated themselves from the pack. They're like, if you look at WRC plus or WOBA, yeah. 
Yep. I mean, it, it's not even close. I mean, nope. they're killing everybody and like home runs hit. I yep. mean, Texas is getting close in terms of runs scored. In fact, they may have even scored. They might be scoring more runs per game, believe it or not. Yep. They which have. is just remarkable when you think yep. about it there. But uh, still like Woba, you know, it, it's it's Tampa by a mile. Um WRC plus it's Tampa by a mile, yeah, but yeah, OPS Cleveland is 60 points up on the next yeah. team. WRC plus is park adjusted. Colorado is yeah. second worst uh, behind Cleveland. Uh, Colorado got shut out yesterday in Pittsburgh by Mitch Keller. Um, Cincinnati, Detroit are right down there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go reds. Um, but Oakland, I mean, they're 17th and that that's, right. that's park adjusted. So that, that shows that they've been a little bit, you know, if they played in a neutral park, they'd be a little bit better all along. I wondered for Oakland and I don't have the time right now to put in like a huge resource or her huge research project on this, but I wondered with Oakland, if their pitching staff has been so incredibly bad that they spend the middle and late innings of a lot of games facing the soft underbelly of teams, bullpens. And it may not, that may not be true at all, but I you just, because they're already down eight runs. Yeah, that's I right. When your yeah. team has, when your team has a seven twenty six ERA, 726, mm-hmm. like they're a run and a half behind even the next team. When your team has a 726 ERA, like like you have fallen behind early, guaranteed mm-hmm. in a lot of games. And I wondered in how many of those games, like did they fall fall behind like, you know, 7-1 or something in the first four or five innings, and then they just get some mop-up guys, and then they can tack on a few runs. I, I think it some matter. of that is their bullpen is blowing these games open. It's though, true, too. it's true. Or, or blowing leads in many cases. I'll look uh, up ERA by starter and see how bad they are. Cause you're right. That would be a better indicator. Yeah. Uh, but either way, even if that's happening, it's yeah. still happening. You still get the fantasy value. Oh no. Their, their rotation ERA is 7.72. Okay. never mind. So they're basically yeah, not they're far bad all off around. A, not far well, off Fuji, uh, the, the guy from Japan, Fuji Nami. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I should really know his name properly, but, uh, He's been awful. He was awful as a starter, and now he's no longer starting. So there's that. Yeah. Um, it's just it's been bad all along. Um, JP yeah. Sears is interesting, although he, he just ran out of gas last night. Um, but he, he actually, and then of course Mason Miller's interesting, but now he's hurt, which is just brutal uh, for them and for fantasy. But yeah. just make it stop. Again. I yeah, I I will say I'll look at Oakland hitters. I'll look at any team's hitters. I will not. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch JP Sears. I will not look at Oakland pitchers. I just. I don't. Well, so. yeah, I, I don't blame you. It's because you're not going to get the win. So yeah, there is a team with a worse WHIP among their starting pitching staff than Oakland's. Better ERA, six forty, but a worse WHIP than Oakland. There is a team with a one seventy one WHIP among their starters. Do you want to take a guess on what that team is? Royals. Nope. Reds. Yep. Yay. One seventy one. Yay. Among their start, and think about it—that's a team with three starters that were quite coveted as intriguing. I wouldn't even say sleepers. Well, like Ashcraft's disaster on Sunday uh, yeah. did a lot towards that, and Lodolo's been, you know, really bad lately yep. too. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. So between Lodolo, like Lodolo, Green, and Ashcraft were all pitchers that that people were excited to draft. And yeah, Ashcraft was a very late excitement. People weren't excited at the beginning of draft season. In fact, most people were like doubters on that one. So they, those people were probably justified a little bit. He's actually been the best whip. He's got a 133, even with the blow up. So he hasn't even, he's not, he's helping the 171. If it wasn't for him, you're right. It'd be even worse. Lodolo is 175 on the whip so far. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. He, he's 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 been really rough the last three four weeks. Um, so yeah, that's been pretty awful. Uh, other pitchers we could talk about here. Yep. Dylan Cease, oh, fifty percent walk rate now. I mean, uh, f- uh, I should say not fifty percent walk rate. That would be a record. But um, he he's walked twenty guys in like forty innings. He's been really yeah. bad, and he got knocked around hard by the Royals. Last three or four outings have been pretty bad for Dylan Cease. Yeah, and I don't know if it is all a walk rate thing really like like sure overall like his walk rate it's up a bit from last year but i mean he walked five in his second start that Mm -hmm. second start of the year was five innings of one run ball um he had one other start where he walked five that was six innings two earned runs so that's not what's killing his era in his last few starts he's given up six earned runs four earned runs seven earned runs in those starts three starts seven walks not good but not atrocious. What's happened with Dylan Cease is the strikeout rates come way down. So the mm-hmm. first couple starts, 10 strikeouts, eight strikeouts. Since then, we're seeing a lot of five. We got a three, got yeah. a couple sixes. But the immense strikeout rate that he had last year, we aren't seeing that right now. Uh, I worried. I have one share of Cease. It's an important share to me, unfortunately. Uh, I took him because like, just that tier of like low-level aces was gone and he was kind of the last man standing. So he was that the highest guy in yogurt. Um, I took him. Yeah. I, I worried about him going into the year because I felt like he was the perfect candidate to struggle with the new rules because yeah. he walked so many batters that he was really reliant on batted ball luck and, and strikeouts, you know, to get out of innings. And I was worried with the shift rules and the less batted ball luck for him that the walks would start to be a bigger problem. More of those would come around to score. I'm not totally seeing that exactly when you break it down start by start, but I am worried about Dylan Cease, not to the point where I'm taking him out of my lineup, but to the point where I wish I didn't draft him. Yeah. I, I, have I think I'm leaving yogurt. him in though. Got him at pick 58. I think I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I thought I'm getting a good price on him at least. I don't love him, yeah. but hey, it's a yeah. good price. It's kind of like you with Degrom. Yeah. Uh, yay. No, when no. I took him, when I took him, I didn't feel good about it. Right. And then it was a draft shortly before the season. And then remember on opening day, there were all kinds of blowups. And he came out at, at night was one of the yeah. last games of opening yes. day, maybe the last game of opening day. Six and a third, ten strikeouts, no walks, one earned run. And I was like, okay, okay, the Dylan Cease pick is fine. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like oh all right my projections yeah i think i think one i don't know we'll see how this whole cease thing ends up i tend to not fully scratch guys off my list even if i'm nervous about them i just try not to project them too aggressively i'm starting to wonder if maybe i should scratch some guys off my list i didn't like him i still projected him i still took him when that group of aces was was ending i don't know i wish now i wish i just went down to the next tier or just didn't or just didn't pick a starter that I round. Don't blame you. I yeah, don't it was round three or four, and I didn't have a starter yet. And I just it was round four. It was round four and a 15 teamer, and I didn't have a starter yet. And I was just like, I gotta take a starter. Well, yeah. not if he pitches like Dylan Ceases. No, 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 yeah. unfortunately. And that team, every everything's falling apart with that team, really. That was the other thing. I thought the White Sox would be okay this year. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I, I think yeah, I, I thought that I, I did the same. I I in fact, I was almost borderline bullish on the, the White Sox, and yeah. boy, was I wrong about that. And the thing is, like, there when it, when the top ha- the top guys don't do anything, they just don't have the depth behind it at all. Uh, yeah. Like Colos did nothing so far. Yeah. Uh, when when you know Mancata's been hurt and they've gotten nothing from his replacements. Anderson was out; they got nothing from uh, 
uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Sosa, I think is the guy, the kid that they called up and he did nothing. Yeah. So it all adds up after a while. Uh, the funny thing is the team where I have cease is actually pretty good. It's a uh, TGFBI. I'm 23rd overall, but I'm third in my okay. league, which okay. tells you something about our league, but uh, it's, it's a pretty damn good league. Yeah. Um, and on that league, yeah, I got, I got uh, cease uh, with uh, at 4.13. Yeah. So pick 58, I got him at there. I went J Rod, Semyon, Class A, Cease, and then Eloy. Ugh, so it, it, and and Gunnar Henderson, who I saw some chatter about in the uh, forum earlier there too. I'm holding on him, by the way. How is this team any good? Uh, I guess everybody else has disasters out there too. Yeah, that's what it is. And I mean, the middle rounds are often where you make or break your fantasy team because, like you said, everybody has some disasters at the top. So if you've got some. Estre Ruiz types who we already talked about, but some players you took in the middle rounds that are really paying off that or, or some late rounders, right? Then, yeah. Like Brandon Marsh yeah. was way over. Yeah. His He's kind of regressing now, but um, I do not like Brandon Marsh going forward. I'll be honest with you. When you do, when you dive in on his, advanced oh, stats, like it doesn't look he in trading leagues. He's like, like I'm, I'm, he's, I'm at the point with Brandon Marsh where I'm resisting writing about him again. It's like, I go to ready Yahoo article, and I think who should players who should fantasy managers trade away? Uh, Brandon Marsh. No, you already wrote about him. Stop it. You can't write about Brandon Marsh again. <laughs> like you have to leave. I feel like I have a, a rule for myself. I have to leave like three or four weeks in between mentioning a player. Um, so and Brandon Marsh is like at the top of that list right now, where he just screams, "Try to trade him away," you know, yeah. at a at a higher value in a league like like. Well, you already guy. dropped his older brother and Charlie Blackman too. So there's that. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Yes, that is true. Uh, Dustin May is one of my other guys where I feel the same way about where you just look at the advanced stats and you're like, okay, your two to one strikeout to walk ratio just does not scream mid two ZRA sub one whip. Like something's got to give here, but I can't write about him too often. Yeah. So if you have those players in a non-trading league, you just keep rolling them out there and and you know, regression's probably coming, but you just, you just keep rolling them out there and hope that when it, when it comes, it just doesn't hit too hard. Indeed. Because we do see sometimes where these players just outperform their advanced stats for the whole season or chunks of the season. Well, Dustin May is always, I'm glad you brought him up because he has he, a lot. Yeah. He's like, that's been his MO all along. And yep. he throws so hard. You're like, yep. at some point, you know, the strikeouts are going to come. But we always said that about Thor, too, right? I mean, I kind of feel like they're, <laughs> he, he, it's like Thor Jr. here uh, in a way. And, and also have had the the TJS too, for that matter. Keep in mind, still with May, I mean, he came back late last season. And yep. so I feel like there's still perhaps another level left in him. And he's getting good results otherwise. Um, I, I I think he might break that mold just a little bit. I probably wouldn't be looking to trade away Dustin May right now. Well, it's all, yeah. I mean, it's all into like what you can get for for someone. And the Dodgers mm-hmm. do have some pitching magic for sure it's just his strikeout rate this year is is significantly lower than it was in previous seasons and the walk rates not the highest it's been but pretty close um it's just a 198 babip with these shift rules i just feel like is not even close to sustainable so it's more when i yeah when i write him in the articles it's more like if you can sell dustin may as like this guy's the next really good dodgers pitcher who's going to have an era of three then do it. If, if, if the person you target 
for a trade says, you know what, this guy's ERA is going to be four in no time, then that's not your trade. Then just keep May and just keep rolling with him. And and the the trickier part too about this is you got to replace him with somebody, right? Um, what, what are you right. trading him for? Uh, yeah. And who who steps into his spot? You got to have nine pitchers. And yeah. in most formats there. And yeah, you know, are you going to be hard pressed to f- we're, we're, we're having such a hard time filling these spots right now. I, it's like, I know that's like intellectually, that's the right thing to think about mm-hmm. that. I mean, is it, are you going to get a good, what's a good buy low for Dustin may right now? Ah, uh, that's a really good question. Let me see if I can find someone with a, while I'm trying to find someone who's a good buy low, I will say that, uh, my good friend Scott Pianowski, who he always likes to, one of his lines that I love, he'll say, like, don't offer me, and we're in a lot of industry leagues with him, he'll say something like, you know, don't offer me terrible trades, I have the internet too, Yeah, uh, is one of his lines, which is great, and you're right, he's right, in an industry league, offering someone Dustin May as though he's an ace. Like the other person's going to say, like, this guy's not an ace. But when I write and you're writing for people in home leagues and right and more in random mm-hmm. Yahoo leagues and things like like a lot of people will look at Dustin May's mid two ZRA sub one whip. He's on the Dodgers and say, this guy's like this guy's the next the big stud. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, he's been he once was the next big thing. So I, you know, you funny you mentioned Yahoo because I while we were talking, I pulled up Yahoo, one of our leagues. And because you know, one of the things you have is the trade market trades that have actually yes. happened today with yes. them. So here are the one on one. There's been three one on one for one trades with Dustin May, and they're all for hitters. Dustin May for Kyle Schwarber. Dustin oh, May for Schwarber. Dustin May for Nick Senzel. And Dustin May for Estuary <laughs> Ruiz. Now, I got to wonder if there's a, a draft pick in there or some, something that we don't see. Uh, or like a, a keeper salary, but even then, I mean, I have a, I'm hard pressed to see that one being fair unless there's some, some other consideration we don't see there, but uh, it's kind of interesting though. Um, the, the Schwerber one is in a regular league. I mean, that's is, a snap the Schwerber one is a really interesting one where, yeah, like, especially, you know, if you found a team that needed pitching and had some power and you're like, Hey, this Schwerber guy's hitting 188, like he's killing your batting average. You know, I've got a really mm-hmm. good pitcher here in Dustin May, right? Like, if you don't ask, you're, if you don't ask, you're not going to get. I was more looking for pitchers that I would swap him one for one with. And I didn't see asking. a single one of those trades, so that's kind of funny. No, but that's a, there. You go. There's the type of one. Like maybe you go for you're going for power, and someone and you're going to offer pitching, and instead of trading a better pitcher with worse ERA, worse WHIP so far, you try to give them Dustin May before. Yeah. What, in my opinion the regression eventually comes and all of a sudden you come away with Kyle Schwarber. I don't think anyone in an industry league is trading Kyle Schwarber for Dustin May, but yeah, it's a snap call. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But how much that. longer would Kyle Schwarber have to hit one? If Kyle Schwarber was hitting 188 in July and Dustin May still had the same ratios, could you make that trade? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, Maybe. Could. Yeah. Maybe. So yeah. That, PJ, again, yeah. again, if you don't ask, if you don't ask, right, you're never going to know. PJ 332 asks about uh, Alex Bregman. And if he's a cut, I don't think he's a cut, but I mean, I don't, at least I wouldn't ever cut him in a league. If I had him, I don't have him anywhere because I also said not to get him at the, at the asking price. Um, he's hitting uh, right now. He's hitting two Oh five, four homers, 16 RBI, uh, 20 runs, you know, part of the Houston malaise, zero stolen bases. That's just not part of his game anymore. Uh, here are the, the one for one trades with Alex Bregman, um, Justin Steele. That's an interesting Buy, you know, sell high, buy low on both, you know, you get both parts of there, that. There's yeah. another one that's similar to that Schwarber trade, right? You yeah. Take a pitcher who's massively increased his value in the recent, in recent weeks and 
trade him for an established veteran hitter who's off to a slow start. And then there's one other uh, hitter for hitter trade, and that's Bregman for DJ LeMayhew, uh, which ugh. I'll yeah. take I'll take Bregman. I am not a Bregman guy. I just see, I'm not either. I just see there's no steals. Uh, he hasn't hit for a high average since 2019. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's two categories already where he's not going to be special. Um, I'm I'm just not a Bregman guy. Houston's offense doesn't look like they're going to be great this year. Maybe they'll be okay when Altuve comes back, but I have a hard time seeing that offense being great uh, now. So I, I don't know. I, I'm uh, in a 10 team league. I could see cutting Bregman. Yeah. In a 12 with a really small bench. Maybe. I, yeah. I wouldn't rule it out in a 12 with a really small bench, depending on your needs. Maybe you have another third baseman on the roster. So like maybe you have Devers and, and Bregman was your corner infielder, something like that. Uh, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to start streaming the spot and try to find someone who's, who's really good. So I would say, yeah, I would be, I'd be open in, in shallower leagues to cutting Bregman. And again, it would I wouldn't, cutting, I wouldn't cut him. Wouldn't but I? No, in a, ten, in a 10, you would. No, I don't think I would. You still wouldn't. I mean, I got to think Houston's lineup's going to be better. And with that, he'll be better. But I mean, I would cut a Brayu. I think that that's the difference. I, yep. I, I'm i more inclined to say yes on cutting a Brayu than I am Bregman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me too. Me too. It, it would more be, yeah, I don't know. In it, like I said, it, in some of those Yahoo type leagues, like a 12 with a three man bench or something. Um, and there are plenty of those leagues out there. I, I don't know. I, I think I could at least look at it. I was trying to think of someone off the top of my head, but it would, that I would cut him for, mm-hmm. uh, like I wouldn't cut him for those prospects, for example, that we were just talking about. Would you have cut him for Matt Mervis? Yes, I would. I was there just going to say Matt Mervis yep. is who I would cut him for. Although so there, yeah. James Anderson was on our serious XM show today. And he says there's some, he's a little afraid that they might platoon him, um, platoon Mervis. Um, but I think Mervis has got enough of an upside that it's worth it to me. Um, yep. so that, 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 that's probably my line right there. Yeah. Uh, if, and when the reds call up Christian Encarnacion strand, that's another guy that's yep. in that sort of, uh, neighborhood. I, I feel like Abreu is pretty close to Charlie Blackman territory. Uh, you just drafted him sooner, but he's yeah. not going to run nope. and he hasn't hit a Homer since like July. So I, I'm slightly exaggerating, but I think he had like three homers the, re- the second half of the season last year and none so far this year. Um, uh, what what makes him any different? And he doesn't run. And he's not. He's at a non-scarce position. What what about Jose Abreu makes him, you know, less cuttable than Bregman? He's older than Bregman. Yep. He doesn't play the right position. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Abreu. Yeah, Abreu was was two years ago was pretty awesome. One hundred and seventeen RBIs. But um, but yeah, I think. No, I think Abreu's another guy in a in a ten. He's a cut for sure, and in a twelve mm-hmm. with a small bench, I think you just cut him and you start moving on. You don't cut him for Ryan Noda, for example, but you you cut him for Mervis. You cut him for someone who you're really intrigued with, or you cut him and just start streaming the, streaming the spot with players with uh, with good matchups. But I don't know. I don't see Bregman as having that much really more upside than Abreu. I don't see Bregman hitting for average. I don't see him stealing bases. I don't see him hitting for a lot of power. Like he hasn't shown a lot of power. He hit 23 homers last year yeah. in 155 games. The so the point is we don't like either of them that much. We don't, really. which is yeah. kind of like saying we don't really like the Astros yeah. offense. Maybe. I'd say right now we yeah. like, we like, and Jordan there's Alfred. not a whole lot of help on the way either is the funny thing. Um, I don't, I agree. I don't think Brantley's going to be much help. Like he'll play, but 
They've got that's, Alvarez, that's they got Tucker, and eventually they have Altuve. They got yeah. three good players. The rest is, I don't know. Like you could cut Bregman or Abreu and regret it, but I think it's a risk that I would take in, yeah. in some of the leagues. Like I, I was trying to look for a third baseman that I would would cut him for Josh Young from Josh Young from uh, Texas. I would take Young over Bregman. Okay, I would. Okay. Yeah, I mean Young could hit thirty five homers this year. He might hit 220, but um, I, I just what what's the upside with Bregman now? And it, it's it's yeah. team oriented because yep. let's face it, 2019 is over. Yep. You know, happy fun ball is gone. I mean, it's a happier, yep. funnier ball than last year, but it's not 2019 either. Yeah. So Young's owned or rostered in 75 percent of Yahoo leagues. Bregman's 96. Yeah. I know. So there's there's one that I would at least consider just off the off the top of my this head. has the risk of being that this didn't age well podcast by the way um but <laughs> uh we'll see about that no nobody, nobody <laughs> listens at this point this is when you can really throw the ball proje- projections yeah. how about gunner henderson who's off to a terrible start would you rather um, pick up gunner henderson he's younger and hope that like he gets his act together or just stick with bregman uh, i do have henderson and yogurt and i think one of my mains and I'm not considering parting ways with him. Let's put it that way. I just, he's such a good prospect. I don't know. Um, prospects start slowly sometimes. Uh, go back to the whole post hype uh, conversation. But then again, post hype usually happens after a period of introspection and change, not just boom. Sometimes players right. do get it in season. It might take a while though. Um, that's the tough part. And and the problem too with Gunnar Henderson is that the Orioles have like a surfeit of pros- infield prospects just you know bursting at the seams waiting to come up mm-hmm. no it's true uh, yeah i i think oh, i think if i was in that situation or if like if i had to cut one of them mm-hmm. uh, i think i think i might cut bregman yeah i think i would so i yeah the, th- the more i think about it i'm i mean i didn't draft bregman but if i i'm not going to cut a top top 10 round player this early unless his name's jose abreu well, yeah, I guess he was a top, he was a, he was like a sixth seventh rounder. He's about to pick one hundred, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, something like that. I I thought I saw another one who's rostered around the same rate. I would cut Bregman right now for Rowdy Telez. His roster rate and yeah, who's about the same as uh, yeah, not Bregman, about the same as Henderson and mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 Josh Young. So I would yeah. Telez already has nine homers. I think he's already shown his power is legit. Yeah. I think that he could hit for a similar average to Bregman going forward. Neither one of them are going to steal bases. Yeah. So there's a space there in shallow leagues where Bregman can be a cut. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, we're over an hour already. Wow. Time flies on us. <laughs> Time flies. Here. You're having fun. Yeah, yeah. it does. It does. Uh, just quickly through the notes real quick. Jose Altuve could be back sooner than expected. Might be in a minor league rehab assignment next week. Uh, Mason Miller dealing with elbow tightness. Uh, Victor Robles went to the IL. Shame. He was actually quietly having a pretty mm-hmm. decent start to the season. Uh, Nico Horner, we talked about uh, hamstring tightness. Max Scherzer, we talked about missing tonight's start. Might pitch this weekend. Max Fried, we covered. Jacob Degrom, we covered. I think that's those are the main injury notes. Oh, George Springer out. He's got an uh, illness today, so he's not going to play today. So he has struggled with illness. He's a weird one. Like yeah. there's always something with George Springer. I find over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Like he hasn't played in a full slate of games since or even close to it since 2016 there's just always something this year he's been sick for off and on for the jays for a couple weeks yeah and, just, and he's off to a really slow start this year yeah uh 
I, I, Dustin, I, offer Dustin May for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, hey, do it exactly. in a home league. Someone might, might, might bite on it. Dustin May's off to a good start, but that's the kind of he, sure. he's off to a Schwarber like start this year. George Springer, is. I could see it. He's could... he will come around. I really believe that. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Uh, Ramon Urias is on the aisle with a hamstring strain. We mentioned uh, Oswald Peraza for the Yankees, uh, which gives Volpe a little bit more rope, I think. Um, I think that covers it there. Uh, appreciate all the great comments in the uh, forum there. I yeah, love all the interaction. I like that you guys are talking with each other as well as asking us questions. Uh, so thanks for those of you live stream with us. Thanks for those of you who now are listening uh, on, you know, on demand or after the fact. Uh, on, on wherever you get your podcast, big thanks to Fancy Rival for uh, their uh, their sponsorship. Always uh, helps keep the bills paid. There, it's a Rival Fantasy. Excuse me, let me get it right. Go to play dot uh, play dot rivalfantasy.com slash sign up to use and use that code Rotowire MLB. Uh, please go uh, patronize our sponsor if you're looking for a game like that. I think it's some good stuff there. Uh, we will have James Anderson tomorrow and guest to be named later on Thursday. Thanks for listening to Rotowire. Have a great day. <laughs>